what's incredible is in five seconds flat, self-doubt can take over and rob you of your power and rob you of joy and rob you of, of your potential. Or in five seconds flat, you can actually use one stupid little trick to push yourself to grab it. When you talk about personality, so mm. extroverts, introverts, a lot of us really, I know I did this, I was all wrong about what confidence meant. I thought confidence was a personality trait. Mm, I love this, tell me more. I thought that people that are outgoing are the confident ones, mm. right? And the truth is, confidence is not a personality trait at all. It's a skill. And a lot of the extroverted people that you know are actually very insecure. I used to be one of them. I used to be the kind of bossy, crass, loudmouth that didn't believe in myself, that didn't believe in my ideas, that didn't have the confidence and the courage to really be the real me, right. who I am, who I'm not, flaws and all. There are a tremendous number of introverted people that feel uncomfortable uh, putting the attention on themselves, but they're very, very confident in their ideas. They definitely believe in themselves. And so when you start to separate confidence, not as a matter of personality, but as a skill that you can acquire, because confidence is the ability to move, in my opinion, from thought to action. Mm. Because when you're a confident person, you believe enough in yourself and your capabilities that you're willing to try that you're willing to share. To me, confidence isn't the assuredness that it turns out, it's the willingness to try. And, and that was a huge insight for me. And, and what a lot of people don't know about me, although I, I share this on stage and I'm extremely open about this because this is a, a, a topic that's really important to me, is that the single most profound use of the five second rule is mind control. And I say that as a lawyer. Mm. I will tell you, you can use this stupid trick to cure yourself of anxiety. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So you struggled very profoundly mm -hmm. with anxiety. Mm -hmm. So walk us through like some nuts and bolts of how you use the five second rule. Cause I think we're, so my hypothesis and the reason we founded Impact Theory is that the world is living through two pandemics, the pandemic of the body, which everybody understands because it's so visual, yep. being overweight, dying of um, diet related diseases such as diabetes and things like that. but because the second pandemic, the pandemic of the mind is invisible, um, people don't realize how pervasive um, a suicide is. And it's, yeah. I think it's a leading cause of death among young men. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and then that there are ways that they can go about attacking that and fixing the problem. So yeah. Yeah. walk us through that. Sure, I would love to. Um, so first of all, I literally have struggled with anxiety my entire life. And anxiety for this conversation, the way I define it, is it is the habit of worrying spiraled out of control. You know, you may say that you are a worrier. That's not true. You have a habit of worrying. A habit is a pattern of behavior or thinking that you repeat without realizing it. So anxiety happens when that pattern of worrying about things spirals out of control, and now it starts to marry and manifest itself with physical sensations too. That's all that it is. I know that I say that's all that it is. <laughs> Me personally, I struggled with anxiety, uh, I think my entire life. It became quite acute when I was in my late teens and early 20s. I became medicated in the middle of law school. I took Zoloft for two decades. When our first daughter was born, who is now 17, the postpartum depression 
and the cascading panic was so terrible that not only was I medicated and couldn't breastfeed, but I couldn't be left alone with her. Wow. So when I say you can cure yourself of anxiety, I don't say that lightly. Mm. Four years ago, after I had been using the five second rule to change my behavior, how I spoke to my husband, how I negotiate in business meetings, how I conduct sales, the kind of parent that I am, my health habits, my eating habits, curbing the drinking, um, I thought, I wonder if I can use this five, four, three, two, one thing to get control of my thought patterns. Mm. Not my behavior patterns, my thought patterns. Yes, you can. So we're going we're gonna to build this conversation because I want to start with something we can all uh, relate to, and that is how do you stop worrying and how do you stop listening to self-doubt? This is how you're going to do it. So all day long, you're going to have moments where your thoughts drift, and I use that word on purpose because for me, there is a physical sensation when you start to use the five-second rule and you start to wake up. Mm. Not only on time in the morning, but you wake up to your life and the opportunities in your life. There's your thoughts drift. Like you'll just be hanging out with your friends and then suddenly you're like, I'm not sure that that person likes me anymore. <laughs> you know, I haven't heard from my kids lately. I wonder if they're dead or, you know, oh, you know, as a check. Like you just start worrying about stuff. Mm. Why? Because it's a habit. Because when you're not paying attention, your brain shifts from you being a decision maker and paying attention to you just kind of spinning things on autopilot and one of your habits is worrying. The second you wake up and you notice, holy cow, I'm talking some negative garbage to myself right now. Mm. Five, four, three, two, one. You've just shifted the part of the brain that you're using. You've shifted from the basal ganglia, which is where your habit loops are spinning and you've awakened your prefrontal cortex. You've also interrupted that pattern. Now what you're going to do, because your mind is actually ready to receive a different thought because of the counting, now you can put in an anchor thought. Like if you have a mantra, if you've got a vision about the way that your business is gonna turn out in five years, if you just have a thought that makes you really happy and proud, insert that. Now, why does this work? It works because of the counting. And I'm not kidding. We know, based on research, that positive thinking alone, not effective. In some instances, trying to force yourself to think positive can actually make the worries worse. Why? Well, the reason why is because it's really hard to just change the channel. What we have to do first is basically interrupt it and turn off the TV and then turn it back on with the prefrontal cortex awakened. So the counting is essential. And so you can start using this today. You catch yourself talking garbage to yourself because we all know if I were to put a speaker on your head and broadcast, <laughs> you'd be sitting here in the audience, you'd be in an insane asylum because the crap that you say to yourself is insane. And the problem is we listen to it. You'll be, you'll be in a sales meeting and you'll be undermining yourself. They're not gonna buy, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. You're not even present. Five, four, three, two, one, switch it back. Get back to that vision that you have about toasting your success or this customer being really happy or you being proud of yourself. Mm. Whatever that vision may be, you can control your thoughts. And this is not just us talking about it. This is a tool that you can use. So let's take it a step further. So worrying, if you let it go unchecked, what will happen is you will get used to worrying. You will get used to living in a state where you're slightly agitated all the time. Let me talk a little bit about agitation. 
So what we know based on research is that physically, in your body, so physiologically, being excited is the exact same thing as being afraid. Let me say that again, because it is so important. In your body, being excited is the exact same thing as being afraid. Your body doesn't know the damn difference. Your heart races, your armpits sweat, you're like, you know, you may get tight in your throat. You may, your cheeks may get pink like I do when I get excited. The only difference between excitement and fear is what your brain says. And the problem is if you have a habit of worrying, guess what you're gonna tell yourself is going on? That you're, that you're like freaking out that you're not excited, that something must be wrong. Oh gosh, why would you say something's wrong? Because you got a habit of saying that all the time. Even as I became a, a speaker for a living or I'd be on CNN, when I first started doing it, I would be freaking out backstage. But even, even though, like, you know, just, a couple, just last week, standing backstage, about to go on, 8,000 people, heart races, armpit sweat, mm. you know, my hands get clammy. I'm not nervous though, not at all, I'm excited. And so I developed this technique and research out of Harvard, not based on my technique, but something very similar, proves that if you basically, right before you're about to do something, take a test, run a race, public speaking, a business negotiation, ask somebody to marry you, whatever it may be that gets your heart racing, just do this, go, I'm excited. I'm excited to give that speech. I'm excited to ask him or her. I'm excited to do this race. I'm excited. Because what happens is you give your brain context so your brain doesn't escalate the stuff going on mm. in your body. Your brain's not worried. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can combine this with the five-second rule. So we know how to do worrying. You, ca you catch your thoughts drift. Five, four, three, two, one, anchor thought. If you start to feel your heart racing, five, four, three, two, one, to awaken the prefrontal cortex and then start going, I'm really excited to do this. I'm really excited to do this. Another technique that you can use is ask, um, I think they call it interrogatory questions, mm. where instead of giving yourself a pep talk, say, well, why am I ready to do this? Why am I ready? Because that'll force you to answer the question, which then convinces you. Mm. So why am I ready to close the sale? Why am I ready to give this speech? Why am I ready? So those are two strategies that you can use backed by science that are proven to actually make your performance be much better. Now let's take it a step further to anxiety. So anxiety is what happens when the habit of worrying spins out of control, your body gets really agitated, and then you allow your mind to escalate it mm. into a full-blown panic attack. So for those of you that have not had the pleasure of having a panic attack, <laughs> Let me um, explain what it's like. So have you ever been in your car and you're driving down the road and you go to change lanes and all of a sudden there's like, oh my God, there's a car right there, yeah. right? And you swerve a little bit and then your heart's like and you may sweat a little bit and, and you grip the wheel really tight and you're super locked in on, on the road ahead of you. Mm. But then that car pulls away and the, the, the near miss scenario passes and your mind starts going, okay, you're all right now. Right. You're all right now, that's it. That's all, that's what a panic attack is, only it happens while you're standing in front of your coffee pot. <laughs> Seriously, you have that same, oh my God, what about that? And your heart's racing and, and the problem for your brain is that your brain can't look around and say, holy cow, we almost got hit by a car. Right. Your brain's saying, what the hell is wrong with her? She's making coffee and she's freaking out. And so now your brain has a problem because what's your brain's job? 
It's designed to protect you. Mm. So your brain will now do whatever it can to magnify the problem. Remember we talked about the spotlight effect. It'll start telling you all kinds of crazy stuff because it can't figure out contextually what the hell's going on. She's just making coffee, now her heart is racing and she's breathing really. Holy cow, maybe she is having a heart attack. Mm. A lot of people that have panic attacks say, I think I'm dying, oh my God, what's, what's happening? Wow. Or you'll see them do the deer in the headlights thing where they gotta get out of the room. That is the spotlight effect in your brain. Now taking control and magnifying everything to get you out of whatever it was. So here's how you use the five second rule. You use it to stabilize your thoughts before the panic escalates. And then what happens is it drifts into worry and then it disappears. Right. So the second you feel worry, you catch it, you train yourself to do that. If you start feeling yourself getting, you know, your heart racing, you can five, four, three, two, one and use the I'm excited, I'm excited. Um, if you, if that doesn't work, literally five, four, three, two, one, and just give yourself an anchor thought, literally, of you being okay. I'll give you another quick example, because this is one that we have a tremendous number of success with, and people that hear the example use it immediately and are blown away. I used to be terrified of flying, terrified. Every bump, I'd be freaking out, and, and so I started using this strategy with the plane. So the second that you feel yourself getting nervous, five, four, three, two, one, and then your anchor thought is a vision of what you're gonna do when you get to where you're going. So when I get on the plane tomorrow to fly back to Boston, I'll think about walking in the house and the, the place is like a disaster. It'll look like everybody's stuff got loaded into a cannon and fired all over the you know, first floor. And so if we hit turbulence, five, four, three, two, one, I'll think about that vision because cognitively for my brain, if I'm walking in the house and it's a disaster, the plane made it. That's, That's the power of this. It's incredible, incredible. What I love about you, Mel, is that, A, I love how raw and real you are about your own situation, which, because people are gonna look at you and the first thing they're gonna wanna do is make you extraordinary as a way not to have to like live up to your standard because what you've accomplished really is astonishing and seeing you on stage is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, you're so good at that. And I know that it comes from working your ass off, but wow, it's very, very impressive. Thank you. But then that you use techniques, like that you've got answers for, you know, how have I done this? I've done it like this. And I've had guests sit across from me that that's not their shtick, right? Like they, they have done truly extraordinary things with their life, but they seem in, just like totally blind to how they did it. And the fact that you can walk people through it is so cool. Well, I think we're all flawed. And that's the beauty of who you are. And instead of trying to make yourself perfect in every area, it's so much easier when you accept the things that you're terrible at or mm. that are your weaknesses or that are the things about your wiring. Look, if I were diabetic, I would take insulin. I happen to be somebody that's wired for anxiety. Right. No big deal. So figure out how to, instead of fighting those things, actually trick it. Because the truth is that you're never gonna feel ready to make these changes. You're never gonna feel like doing them, but you can always make a decision that's always in your control. Staying with somebody that treats you like garbage is a decision, it is. Mm. Staying at a job that you hate is a decision. Staying in the body that you are not proud of is a decision. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not gonna be easy to change, it's simple. Mm. Do a Google search and then use the five second rule to force yourself to do that stuff.
change comes down to five-second decisions, and this is why the five-second rule is, is important for everybody to know. It's your job to push yourself. And I don't care if you're Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or you're Michelangelo or you're Lin-Manuel Miranda who wrote Hamilton, you will struggle with self-doubt. And everybody that you admire, everybody, and the list is the same for everybody. Oh, Oprah Winfrey, and I want to be like, you know, Tom, and I want to be like, uh, you know, Branson, and I want to be like Jay-Z, and I want, like, everybody's list is like Bill Gates, and do you know what those people do? They do not have the habit of hesitating. They trust themselves. In today's world, where you have the internet, you can literally learn, launch, do anything. Anything. The only thing that's truly stopping you are the limiting patterns that you think, the, the, the self-doubt, the fear, the habits that you have, and you can break them.